Hello and welcome to the International Labour Organization's Global Business Network on Forced Labour's podcast. We are the Global Business Network bringing together businesses of all sizes and sectors and their representative organizations from around the globe to end forced labor. In this podcast series, we explore the role of small and medium-sized enterprises, or SMEs for short, in responsible business conduct. SMEs, together with micro-enterprises and the self-employed, make up around 70% of global employment. But their voices are often not heard when it comes to initiatives aiming to improve business conduct. I am Laura Green, the network's coordinator, and I will be talking to different people from across the globe to bring you their insights. In this episode, we're joined by Douglas Opio from the Federation of Ugandan Employers. Douglas is the executive director at the Federation of Ugandan Employers, and he'll tell us more about his role there shortly. Douglas, thank you so much for joining us today. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the Federation of Ugandan Employers and also what your role at the Federation entails. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to join you today, Laura. The Federation of Uganda Employers is actually the oldest employers organization in Uganda. This year, we are celebrating uh, 60 years. The Federation uh, mainly does three things. Top of, of our agenda is lobbying and advocacy. And uh, we work mainly on uh, labor and employment related uh, policies and, and legislations with government, essentially issues to do with regulations of employment, but also policies that gear towards uh, job creation, enhancing the competitiveness of enterprises and to ensure that there's business sustainability. And more so during this period, focusing also a lot on the issue of business continuity. Secondly, our work focuses around employment relations and and legal services uh, because we are very keen on uh, fostering uh, compliance by by employers, compliance with with the labor laws, but also uh, other legislations away from the labor laws. We are the uh, local host of the United Nations Global Compact in Uganda. So we do a lot of work also in the area of responsible business, in the area of issues of environment as well, in issues of human rights, also looking a lot at sexual productive health and rights at at the workplace. Also a lot helping employers to engage with the trade unions, whether negotiations, uh, collective bargaining agreements uh, during that process, or just... uh, regular issues like disciplinary processes within a workplace, issues of productivity management. And then thirdly, we offer a lot of business support to employers. Uh, So essentially, issues of strategy, like uh, during this crisis, how can employers uh, manage well? We are also keen on promoting uh, women in leadership. So with our partners, the Confederation of Norwegian Enterprise for nearly eight years now, We have been working to equip women leaders in terms of their competences in the area of board competence, uh, rhetoric, uh, and then, of course, overall uh, leadership development. We also work around issues of elimination of forced labor together with child labor as, as well. We also support enterprises generally on issues of workplace health, uh, but also recruitment of, of, of employees, whether at uh, the senior level or the the lower level teams, the shop floor kind of workers. 
so that's that's basically what we do. And then, of course, uh, myself being uh, an executive director is the equivalent of, of the CEO. So I'm more responsible for, for oversight, uh, ensuring that these things uh, are done. So I'm engaged a lot in lobbying and advocacy work, engaging uh, with the office of the president as one of the directors of the presidential CEO forum, but also engaging a lot with the ministries, our national parliament, uh, and then, of course, direct engagement with the companies. I work a lot more on issues of uh, strategy, uh, ensuring that businesses are running well and they are sustainable uh, for the foreseeable future. So a lot of my work is uh, with also the small and medium enterprises, uh, trying to help them put systems in place, helping them to run their organization in a more efficient uh, and, and cost-effective manner, but also enhancing uh, employee productivity. That's, that's basically it uh, about my work. And every other thing, of course, uh, the, that's part of the job description and any other responsibilities that might be assigned to me uh, from time to time by my board. That is a very big role, Douglas. Um, wow, uh, both for you and uh, the Federation of Ugandan Employers as well. Then, Douglas, could you tell us what are some of the responsible business conduct challenges in Uganda and also a bit about your journey and learning more about these issues? Thank you so much. Uh, there's been challenges, especially uh, from the side of uh, small and medium enterprises. The first one is, is access to information. So essentially, uh, most of them aren't aware they're too engrossed in the day-to-day -day running of their businesses. They sometimes lose track of things that are happening in their environment. They, they tend to be focused a lot on the issue of uh, profit uh, maximization, also given their sizes. It's important for them to, to be profitable because they can't wait for profit for a long time. And then secondly, they tend to see it as an additional cost. So most of them uh, see it as the, it's financially constraining for them. And over the past few years, we have basically been trying to help them to appreciate that responsible business is, uh, conduct is, is an integral part of, of their businesses. Uh, thirdly is the issue of uh, the human resource uh, challenge. They lack the right uh, human resources with the required competences because quite often they can't afford very highly skilled people because they, they can't pay them the, the wages that, that they require. And then, of course, innovation and creativity has remained a challenge because they, their ability to innovate is often constrained. They tend to look at innovation as creativity as, as unnecessary. So that creates a lot of problem for, for, for them. And then, of course, uh, with, with the productivity challenges that they face as well. And perhaps one of the most serious uh, challenges that they, they do face is linked to compliance. Uh, compliance already with the existing regulations. And, and quite often they see regulations as, as unnecessary cost, uh, which uh, quite uh, often time it's not. But most SMEs find it difficult to, to comply. In, in our case, uh, sometimes it's uh, as basic as just having 
a workplace register, uh, mainly just going through inspections uh, and ensuring that uh, their workplace is, is okay. So quite quite a, a, a number of, uh, of challenges that they're facing at the moment. And then in an environment, cowards, corruption is, is a major issue for them. Uh, so quite often that uh, constrains their, their ability also to act in a responsible manner. So that's, that's, those are basically the challenges that come to mind, Laura. Thank you, Douglas. Yes, very different listening to it from the perspective of a smaller business or an SME. As you know, Douglas, at the network, we focus a lot on engaging uh, small and medium-sized enterprises. So could you tell us a little bit from your perspective, uh, what would be some of the important drivers that would um, generate interest from the perspective of a small and medium-sized enterprise on responsible business conduct? What, why is it important to them? Uh, first of all, the uh, why it's very important to them, they, they need access to, to market. And access to market is linked a lot with their image. A lot of uh, the big companies can easily afford to invest in branding and doing all these other things. But uh, a small and medium enterprise, its image is basically uh, on a day-to-day basis what they do, the way their businesses are interacting with the community, the companies they are supplying. So for them, because image is so important to them and uh, that trust for them to have access to market, it's it's very important for them to conduct business in a responsible manner. And then, of course, the level of risk is quite high for the small and medium enterprises, mainly also because they don't have reserves. So in case they act in a, a manner which is not responsible enough, they run a risk of getting litigation that could basically make their companies uh, go under. Uh, so it's it's important for them for purposes of risk mitigation and for purposes of, of sustainability of their businesses to ensure that they do business in a responsible uh, manner. And then, of course, the linkage uh, with other businesses uh, is mainly by word of mouth also. And that comes because uh, they are seen to be trustworthy and therefore other businesses uh, can link them up. They can benefit from the value chain linkages, but also it's a a tool for them to have a slightly more easier access to to finance. If uh, uh, their records are clean, the financial institutions uh, would, would of course be more readily willing to work with them also because they want to expand their societal impact of the financial products and services that they offer So for an SME, responsible business conduct is not an extra thing for them to do. It's an issue of survival. Without uh, responsible business conduct, it's almost impossible for a small and medium enterprise to even do business. So it's for them, it's, it's about existence. It should essentially be an integral part of what they do on a daily basis, as opposed to corporate social responsibility initiative that they might uh, want to take. For a small and medium uh, enterprise, responsible business means everything. Thank you. Thank you to you, Douglas. That's great to have the insight from the other perspective. I think so often we look at this from the perspective of large enterprises and uh, attracting shareholders, etc. Um, and for, for SMEs, it's at the end of the day an issue of survival and, and being able to grow um, in their businesses. Uh, Douglas, we spoke a little bit yes. earlier about the challenges um, that the smaller businesses face. 
And I was wondering if you could touch on a little bit of those in connection to forced labor, also looking maybe a bit as to whether you think COVID-19 has changed any of these challenges. Uh, thank you, Laura. Specifically on, on forced labor, that's where there is a real challenge also for SMEs. And often this is either voluntary in a way or involuntary or what you would call it's sometimes also indirect uh, for, for the case of SMEs. For instance, children to work. In, in our case, uh, having uh, children who are under 14 years of age to do any kind of work or forcing them to, to do work because they, they don't have a choice. SMEs, this, this is a serious constraint uh, that they face. But also, given uh, the situation uh, of the pandemic now, uh, most uh, parents are increasingly trying to engage their children in work because they, they are no longer going to school anymore. So because they are no longer going to school, a lot of the parents are seeing them as uh, redundant. And sometimes, because some SMEs want uh, work to be completed rather quick and in a cheap manner, there is a tendency for them to be complacent, so to say, essentially uh, leaving these issues unattended to. Sometimes uh, parents might bring along with them their children to help them with work, which is, is a challenge which was there before but maybe exacerbated also by current pandemic. Uh, and in some cases, also some small and medium enterprises are actually uh, directly engaged in uh, taking people abroad. And, and so sometimes they can be directly involved in, in, in forced labor itself, basically operating also in many cases without proper licenses, uh, using unauthorized uh, ways to basically take people abroad for purposes of employment or because they are weak in their system. Sometimes they don't have clear information on the their contacts whom they are operating with abroad. So the ability to monitor that they are actually operating with the right company when they engage in the externalization of labor sometimes is not good enough. Uh, so they indirectly sometimes get involved in issues of forced labor, so to say. And also, in some cases, it's uh, direct, given that a lot of them are trying to survive, trying to make quick money. In, in some cases, they are also sometimes directly involved through express involvement in, in, in corrupt practices. So forced labor is a real issue of concern for small and medium enterprises for various reasons. Thank you, Douglas. And interesting to hear how you think that the current situation with the COVID-19 pandemic is, is also having an, an impact on that. Douglas, I know you have had the opportunity to visit us here in Geneva before, and I was wondering from your perspective, if we look more at the global level, how important is it that we continue to hear the voices of SMEs and, and those who represent them on the issue of responsible business conduct um, and also on forced labor? I think it's, it's the best way to go if uh, we are to move by the global agenda of no one uh, left behind, uh, because 70% of the people around the world basically are either self-employed, meaning that they are small entrepreneurs themselves, or they work in a small and medium enterprise. So it's uh, if we leave the SMEs out, essentially we are leaving uh, the majority of the people who are at work out of global discussions. So it's, they form such a huge uh, segment of the business world that we, we can't afford to ignore them. But again, they are also constrained to participate in a number of uh, global discussions. Taking an example for our case in Uganda, we quite often require employers to sponsor their employees 
to be able for us to have employer representatives at uh, the International Labor Conference. But the cost involved is simply unaffordable for, for the SMEs. So it's important that their voices are, are collected also even at the national level, but also now that we have digital platforms available, happy with what uh, the ILO has been doing this year, having a lot of online discussion. That way we can perhaps get a lot more voices of the small and medium enterprises had without necessarily having to incur the cost to be involved in, in a meeting in, in, in Geneva, for instance. So, and quite often they are the ones who face the, the most serious challenges because of their limited financial capacities. So the, the ones who are facing serious constraints in terms of compliance with the law they're the ones who are also facing the most uh, serious constraints in terms of productivity. So there is a huge gap in productivity. They're the ones also who are facing enormous challenges also in the areas of innovation and creativity because they can't invest adequately in trying to ensure that the productivity levels are high. Uh, so SMEs, by the nature of the global construction, they tend to be left out quite easily. They are the ones who do not have the capacity to invest in significant research, to be able to understand what is going on and what the interventions could be. They don't have the capacity to project into the future because they can't invest enough in research. So it's important that employers' organizations are involved in helping to raise the voices of small and, and medium enterprises because by the, their capacity might be constrained. Absolutely. And that's Thank such you, a Laura critical message there, Douglas, and not leaving anyone behind. Thank you for that. Now, Douglas, we're turning to our final two questions. I would like yes. to focus a bit more on kind of uh, getting started. So what would your advice be to an SME who's looking to improve their labor and human rights approaches? Where does an SME get started? An SME gets started by joining a bigger network of other employers essentially where they can be exposed to uh, more good practices, where they can get uh, networks that can provide a lot more information to them. And a good entry point is to be part of an employer's organization. Uh, when you're part of a, a member-based organization, it gives you direct and easier access to information which can be useful for you as a small and, and medium enterprise to be able to do this. Uh, secondly, it's also important to keep on the lookout for information also at the global level. So essentially, the first important step for an SME is to improve access to information. When they have better access to information, then it's possible. Then secondly, they need to make this an integral part of their day-to-day -day business. Essentially, they need to have policies in place. For instance, policies that explicitly states their position on elimination of labor and forced labor in, in the world of work. So essentially within that policy, then they have a clear breakdown of what needs to be done uh, so that first they are not complacent or they are not uh, involved in, in child labor in any way. That is very, to have in place the, the necessary policies and systems is, is very important. And then, of course, policies are implemented by people. 
That means they have to have the human resources, the people with the with the right competences to be able to to guide their organizations on on what to do, and then of course to ensure that they are complying with the law at all time as as a bare minimum. But beyond the law, that they're looking at other issues of human rights, they're looking at other issues of environmental concerns, they are constantly looking at other issues linked to ethical uh, aspects of, of of the business as as well. Uh, and and to try and ensure that they're not involved in corrupt practices. That's that's uh, basically what what I think it's important for for small and medium enterprises to do. That's a good way to frame it, Douglas. Really getting at the access to information, and I think at the global level we also have a responsibility to make sure that the information is available and in a way in which that SMEs can access it and that they can understand it as well. That it's presented so that it's relevant to them. Appreciate that very much, Laura. And my last question, Douglas, what's your final key takeaway for our listeners? I think for SMEs, responsible business conduct is basically everything. Without responsible business conduct, the future of SMEs is doomed. Basically, they don't have a future. So for an SME, responsible business conduct is the that key lubricant, that key ingredient that they need for their business to survive, but also to thrive. Uh, both in the present and in the foreseeable future. And also for them to be in a position to benefit from uh, various supply chains so that their businesses can reach uh, the right level. And then also help in uh, contributing to the greater good, which is uh, basically removing a significant proportion of the people around the world out of poverty. If there is any hope for the elimination of poverty around the world, then the SMEs will play a significant role because that's where the majority of the people are employed. Absolutely. Thank you for that, Douglas. And I think, if anything, the COVID-19 pandemic has really highlighted that for us. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. This is a podcast from the International Labour Organization's Global Business Network on Forced Labour. Visit our website on flbusiness.network for more information. I am the coordinator of the network, Laura Green. Thank you for joining us and look out for our next episode.